Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Behind the Journey. This is the show myself and Sam Spencer discuss all the things going on my business journey. Today, I mess up my timings, I review a Blinkist book, and we talk about much, much more. I'm at my prime. Hey, hey, I'm at my prime. Whoa. Said I'm at my prime. So I think... Um, a good place to start this episode with would be uh, about Blinkist because I've obviously been, as I said, a few weeks back. I'm I'm all in on Blinkist. I'm I'm trying to test out this this theory that I can't physically sit down and read a book a week. Um, I find it really challenging to do so, um, and I'm trying to grow throughout my life a little bit. So rather than spending a week to try and read a book or a month to read a book, whatever I'm trying to do, I'm trying to find ways I can get around doing that and. Obviously, I test things with kind of myself and then I hopefully pass them on to you guys to take away and learn. But one of the things I've actually noticed more than ever before um, this week has been how like, I don't know what the right word has been, but like I'm very all over the place, right? <laughs> Which sounds weird. That just sounds exactly like you. Yeah, 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 I know, but I've got to admit these things sometimes, right? And um you know, I'll, I've always I've kind of looked back over the last like two years of my well, probably say the last eight years of my business life, and just noticed that I've always been jumping onto the project. I've always been starting things, getting really excited about it, then go and jump on something else and get really excited about it. And I was starting thinking, why have I sat and distract so long and not really done much else? And it's because I've really enjoyed the process, but it's also because Brad has literally gone, Pete, just focus on one thing, don't get too carried away. And since the last management meeting I had, where we basically said, look, we're going to start a few of the projects, I've been able to look at them. I've found myself get just ridiculously and utterly more excited about business. And that's not to say I don't enjoy business. I love business and nothing about business. But this idea of starting something new, this idea of being able to give something else a go, for me, is very, very exciting. And this artificial grass thing is exactly that. Very, very exciting to me. Um, yesterday, we launched, well, when I say launched, was the day that I actually got the website live for the uh, 1200 quid project, which, you know, I started this thing about a month ago now. It's been absolutely a headache. We're about a month behind. But yesterday was the day in the excitement of pressing the on button on that site. You know, it reminded me of the projects I've started before. And it reminded me why I love business, how we can work on something for months or weeks on end, or days on end, and eventually you get, the, you get to press the on button. Right, and I remember every single time I've ever launched a business, I pressed the on button, um, and the excitement you have, followed very quickly by the uh, sadness you have when you're not making any money straight away. And I just love the journey. And the reason I, I don't even know how I've got on this topic now, I feel like I'm just openly talking about how I'm sporadic. And I've kind of just embraced the fact that I am sporadic. And I was, you know, when I'm doing these these projects, you know, Brad's often coming over to me now and go, Pete, you know, is everything else with distract good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything else is fine. Because you can see that I'm so involved with these projects. I'm just loving everything about them. But, you know, because I understand how sporadic I am, you know, getting me to sit down and read a book, you know, for an hour is hard. Getting me to um, to focus on one book and not four books over a month to get through it is hard. The only time I can ever really do it is when I'm on holiday when nothing else is happening. And the whole idea with Blinkist is it gets me around the idea of having to lock in for a month. I can lock in for 15 minutes, read a book, and move on. And, you know, I'm finding it very, very rewarding, actually. And the, the one book I've just... I'm going through now is one called Super Thinking. I think it's called Super Thinking anyway. I mean, ju just this. as a little sidebar, like, what do you call it when you listen to a, like, a Blinkist 15-minute 
roundup because you can't say you've re- you can't say oh I'd read a book on the weekend. Uh, I don't know, but what what would yeah? What so would I you think say? I think hey, so the first thing we have to understand divulges. Why do we read books? That's the first thing we have to understand, right? So some people will say I read a book to get away from the world. It's a nice little t- turn off, switch off. I get away. I read a book. But for me, if you're doing that, you might as well read a, a fiction book. You might as well read Harry Potter, right? You're getting away from the world. Why I read books was always to expand my knowledge and expand my thinking and make me push boundaries and, and read things I've never read before. So when you really think about why I'm reading a book, I might as well just flick through 15 minutes of audio. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to... Well, it's one of those things where I think you'd much prefer it with, if, with all the books you've read previous to this Blinkist app. If someone had turned around to you and gone, oh, I read that. Here's what happens. Here's what they. Here's here's what effectively happens in the book because you do it to other people now. Mm. People that you you say, oh, have you read Daniel Priestley's book? And they're like, no. You go right. Well, it's basically this. Read the rest of it if you want, but that's what it is. So you don't. But need I, to. I and I give them if Blinkist is 15 minutes, I'm giving them 30 seconds. Yeah. So I actually listened to a Blinkist on uh, Oversubscribed uh, by Daniel Priestley to see what was I missing out on here. And the reality is, you don't miss out much. It's, it's pretty much all there. But I've been listening to Super Thinking, and when I say listening, I've, I'm 10 minutes in. This is, this is how bad my attention span is, right? <laughs> Even when it's a 15-minute Blinkist, I'm still struggling at minute 10. But it, it's, it's such a really cool theory. And one of the things that I want you all to understand and think about is this idea of critical mass, right? And this is the first Blink on Blinkist for this Super Thinking book. And what it essentially says is, and this was blew my mind, right, is that someone one day decided to create a fax machine, right? And they're like, oh, fax machines are going to be amazing. We can send things to everyone else in the world. But if you would go out and buy a fax machine for three grand because they were expensive when they first came out, who could you fax? You can fax anyone. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Because fax machine only works when other people have fax machines. You can only fax people with fax machines. So the first person to buy a fax machine couldn't fax anyone. They would buy. I mean, I don't, this is for me. It blows my mind. Well, it's, just, the same, it's the same with same with phones. It's like well, no, it's the same with everything. It's the same of Facebook, right? Facebook. The first person to make an account on Facebook had no one to connect with. The first person to download Uber, they couldn't get a ride. I think. I think the the double shot in the foot is that not only, but if the person who bought the first fax machine, not only is there no one else they can fax, but also. The more people that get the fax machines, the cheaper they get. Of course, and that's what happened, right? So fax machines were really expensive. You couldn't send them to anyone. They brought the price down. They got critical mass. And there's an actually, and I can't remember the exact number, but essentially there's a number of fax machines they had to hit, which then meant you could fax anyone in the world. There's a certain number that when they got there, it was like, no, you know what? You can say, I'll fax you. Same as email. There was a point where, you know, the five people would have an email. Then there's a point where now, if you go, I'll email you, it's like everyone has email. Like, you would say 99.9% of people in the UK have email. You'd say that statement. Yeah. And that's called critical mass. And the idea of every single project where you need two people to do something, it has a point, a tipping point, where it goes from being, no one has it, to a critical mass where you say, can I fax you, can I call you, can I email you, where it's a big deal. And it made me really think that that is the business that scares me. I could never create a critical mass product. I can never create a brand where I need someone else to do something. Because if they don't do it, the whole business dies. Imagine spending your whole life building and crafting a fax machine, pressing save, pay, bought, first ones in your warehouse, and then going, do you want to buy one? And they go, well, who can I send it to? And you go, oh, only me at the moment. But that's exactly what social media is. Well, it is. And right, But even then, I'm the same. I, I would never start a Facebook or something because it's like... I'm going to spend a hundred grand building a platform, 
I need people to join it, otherwise there's nothing there. Scary. And it's worse than that. Not like I think social media more so than fax machines. I'm, I, I don't know much of the history about fax machines, but with social media, you need to retain those people as well. That's why but, so but many. Then, but the interesting thing actually is. With Facebook, it's free to sign up. So your cost of entry on something that requires critical mass is zero. But when it comes to the cost of entry for a fax machine in the early days, it was, okay, so no one, I can't send to anyone but you? Yeah. And it's going to cost me three grand? I think it's, when I, I was like, it blew my mind. You've got to have a lot of people that really believe the cause. And I feel like they just wanted the bragging rights to be like, well, I have one of the first fax machines. Probably. And it probably got took up in institutions or maybe they gave a few of them away. I don't know how they got it to market. Or maybe they had the serial numbers meant that in 20 years' time, oh, you had one of the first fax machines, oh, that's worth. Yeah, but, but then you've got to remember, though, back in the day when the fax machine came out, no one knew it was going to be a big thing. No, but that's what that's what these people, like, I assume the first people, they're, they, they're effectively, the three grand is them buying into the fact it's going to be big. Maybe. I mean, I would never be the that first would be my that. that would be my only thought. Oh, I think it's crazy. Because it's, it's like when anything new comes out. If, if there's a like brand new product that costs a ridiculous amount of money... Who is going to be the person that is going to go for it? It's either going to be the people with too much money or the people that believe the cause and know that it's going to be a massive thing. Probably, that. yeah, I agree. And, the, and So I thought, that blew my mind. And the next thing that blew my mind is this theory called, it's called the inverse theory or something like that. And it's the idea that everyone who tries to do something big goes with a theory, is an attacking offensive theory. So for the example they used was... Um, you're gonna go. You're an angel investor, and your aim is to make money. It's your aim. Yeah, you're gonna put money in. You're gonna make money. Well, actually, the best way to invest is to inverse it. And what it means is invest to not lose money, right? Well, so when you look at a deal, you go looking. Okay, it potentially can go there. I can be a millionaire from this and this and this. But actually, if you looked at it, it goes, what's the percentage chance that I'm gonna lose money on this deal? It flips it the other way. Now you're defensive. Now you're looking at a deal going. Yeah, I don't think I can lose on this. I can't really lose in this deal. The odds of losing are very, very low. I'm pretty much going to break even guaranteed. When you flip things on its head, it's easier to, to, it's easier to figure things out. And they use it for loads of different examples. When you actually change your mindset, when you inverse what everyone else is doing, you're solving a problem that's completely different that is normally easier to solve. Does that make sense? Every, if you think of every walk of life, you have an aim when you're doing something. Flip it, inverse it, and that problem, that objective, is probably easy the other way, but it actually has a bigger outcome. And, and that's kind of where I got to with this, and I thought, these are really great ways of thinking. And it's called super thinking. If you're a book reader, buy it. If you're, if you're, if you're like me, use Blinkist. Um, but I've, but this, is, this is giving me the opportunity to hear these theories I never would have heard before. And I remember I've spoke to people before where I've said, you know, this is what I've heard or read this. And they always go, oh, that makes, that's obvious, Pete. You know, critical, critical mass is obvious. You know, it, it makes complete sense. Yes, it makes complete sense. But it blows your mind when you get the theories of people who have gone through critical mass. And to be honest with you, yes, it makes sense. But you never would have thought about it because you would never have read it. I remember, I, I think I spoke to someone about um, Key Birds of Influence once. Or the lean, I think it was a lean startup about how, you know, you don't spend too much. Put a minimum viable product out there. Get things moving. And the entrepreneur I was telling just looked at me and went, well, that's obvious. I was like, yes, it's obvious because I just told you. But if you didn't know, you wouldn't have thought about this stuff. You would have never known. And I think there's a big ego around, I don't need to read to learn. I don't need to listen to audiobooks to learn. It's the easiest way of growing your knowledge, easiest way of growing your brand. I think it's even more prominent in the entrepreneur space because every entrepreneur, well, not everyone, that's a generalization, mm. but a lot of entrepreneurs think that they have the best idea and they have the best way of doing it. And theirs is unique and it's new and it's groundbreaking. When actually, if you just read some books, 
follow yeah. some entrepreneurs you don't need to try and reinvent the wheel on I, I, I completely agree I think there's far too much ego in entrepreneurship I think the reality is if you admit to yourself that you only know this much stuff and the only way to get better is to either do more things like try other things or read more things or get a mentor whatever it may be and that's how you're going to grow and be better. If you sit in your little cyclone bubble in your office by yourself, you're never going to learn. You have to be feeding yourself with something, whether that you, you're trying something else or whether that be reading something else or doing something else or meeting more people. You're never going to grow. Um, and I think it's kind of paramount when you speak to these people um, that they're just going to be, they're going to always be a small-time entrepreneur because they've never been able to grow because they've never learned or tried to learn. Um, and that's the, that's the reality of the situation. This is a bit of an add-on. I don't actually know if it's going to make any sense yet because I've mm. just thought about it in my head, but entrepreneurship like tips and tricks books if you do those and go to a potential client a potential e-commerce brand a potential supplier if they recognize those traits in my opinion i think it would be easier to get them on board than if you've got this mad idea that is brand new that doesn't follow any kind of trend so what you're saying is that if you went in like are you talking about angel investment or something all that, just about anything. If, if they recognize entrepreneurial spirit based on either someone they know of or if they've read a book that is in the same kind of light. I mean, look, you're looking at, that's a, that's a, that's a kind of a buying and a sales thing in reality. Um, and when it comes when it comes to that, well, I literally, just on a side note, I forgot I had a meeting in 10 minutes. So I'm literally going to finish in, have to finish in 10 minutes. So everyone listening, this is going to be a short episode. I'm very sorry. I haven't planned my day very well. I have a phone call in 10 minutes anyway I'm, I'll, I'll be stressed for the next 10 minutes of this episode i apologize uh, i'm gonna put a timer on because if i forget it'll be very embarrassing well, this, is my this is my life this is literally what i was saying earlier this is my life well we're on about nine minutes now so i mean just you're about to say a point so let's uh okay wait, wait i need to put a timer on i'm gonna put a timer on for 10 minutes start i don't know where i was at I have no idea. You're about to retort to my Okay, yes. Comment. So that's the same with sales, right? The easiest way with sales is to get on the same wavelength as the other, other person. So, you know, if you're going to see someone and they're a big book reader, find out what they're reading. Learn what, what, they, what, they, what they know and what they like and then basically deploy it back to them. Then they have likable trust with you. They understand who you actually are. Then you have a better relationship, better rapport. They want to buy from you. Looking to get angel invest investment. See what they like to read. What do they like? What's their past investments? Learn all about it. I mean, you go to the meeting, they understand that you know what they like, and it's hey, press it's easy. I mean, it's, it's it's almost common sense. But like I said, for example, it sounds like common sense, but maybe if you didn't listen to this podcast, you wouldn't know it. It's the same principle as before, and, and that's all it ever is. It's understand who you're trying to sell to, learn what they want to know, and then sell it. Um, I feel slightly flat now. I feel like I'm nervous because we've got nine <laughs> minutes to go. Right. I want to get one piece of information out in nine minutes. Right. Go on. From, from my bullet points that I've got, something that I think would make a very good topic just to talk about for a few minutes is staff retention. Brilliant. So we're at the point now at Distract where we're four years old. Uh, I would actually say we're three years old. In reality, the first year we were um, students, so it was different. We're three years old. Uh, and what that actually means, and being reality, is that we're a lot of our staff are now coming to their two-year tenure right and what i mean by two-year tenure is that when you're in marketing if you look at anyone who's been in marketing you'll see that they're if you look on their, their cv two years two years two years right it's known that when you're in the marketing world every two years you move that's pretty much not, it's pretty much common sense and the aim of an agency owner is to look at the staff they need they need to retain and try and incentivize them to stay past the two-year mark it's a reality that's the reality because they come in they do what they want to do they move out they come in do what they want to do and move out so we've had um, two people 
uh, that are moving on from us at, at the two year. I mean, it's literally the two year mark. Well, one of them's just gone past a three. Was it three? So two yeah. and three. Two and three. My bad. So, so quite milestoney kind of yeah, self self reflection. Correct. Almost. It's you've got to the point you're going right. That's it now. Now both absolute superstars. You know, one in the web department, one in the creative department. Both really good at what they do. Um, and I, I, it got me thinking. What can we do as business owners to do this? Now, we can do one one of two things. The first thing we can do is we can cry about it. We can get all upset, get all pissy with them. And be like, why are you leaving us? We, you know, we're a family here. We want you to stay. Or we can do what the honest thing would be, which is, look, everyone at this agency is a person. Everyone at this agency has their own aims, objectives, goals, right? Who am I to be the selfish one that says you have to do them here, right? If you get your dream placement, then fine. Crack on. One of the lads has been with us three years, was a first person in our web team, absolute superstar, loving to bits. Came in to Peter, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going to this place. Um, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. It's amazing. Um, really enjoyed working with you. And I said, what's, what's the role? He told me what it was. I said, that's your dream job, isn't it? And he said, yes, it is. You can't, you can't do anything. Like, if anything, you can be proud to be like, well, I've, I've now taken three years there. to get And I said to, to him, I said job. to him, amazing, really proud of you. You've done a cracking job. Do you want a reference for the next job? I was offering to give the guy that's leaving a reference for the job he's going to. Because when, you know, I'm looking long-term goals. I'm looking, look, he might go there, he might not like it, he might want to come back. He might go and start a venture where you need some help with in the future. I'm always here. But also, he's a decent lad and we get on. And I think that is the key thing that every business owner should be thinking about, is you can react in two ways when it comes to staff in every situation. You have either the nice guy that supports or the guy that crucifies. And the one thing to think about is if that member of staff has treated you well their whole time, they've looked after you and your clients, they've made you money, they've done they've been everything they can, it is your right as a business owner to sit down with them and go, look, I really appreciate everything you've done. How can I help you move on? And I'm, I was speaking to HR the other day about, career plan, plan to people and, 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 and follow people on their journey and see where they want to go and making sure that we can help them get as far as they can. And even at that point, if it is no longer at Distract or no longer at one of our other firms and it's like to work at Barclays Bank, how can we get them to that point where we go, congratulations, you've got a job interview at Barclays Bank. We'll support you to get there. I'm almost thinking now of if, if your aim is to be past an agency, I will help you get to where you need to be because then there's more mutual respect. They're more happy to w- help we work for you. The more like to refer friends. It's all about that. And not for once did I get upset by either of them. Of course, you're losing some great people, but the reality is this is business. And far too many times, business owners will get all romantic about the situation that, you know, it's not great. They're leaving me. Then they're, they're going against the grain. They're, they're letting everyone down. When reality is, Everyone has their own life, and it's you know we have to work together to make people get into the right place, and it's really as simple as that. Um, and it's kind of a wake up call, you know. You, you have a few really close to each other, and you kind of go fuck, fuck twice. But in reality, you know, you've got to support people doing their own well, thing. Well, yeah, I mean, especially considering the terms that people have left on is very much a this was amazing. I'm moving on to this. It's not a case of oh the the company's not really doing bits for me at the minute, so I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, off, I'm off out. Yeah, I mean, the last one, you know, we're, we're, when they left, you know, three years, you said, it's been amazing to come from a you know, member of staff number five to where we are today. Uh, and I've really lived every minute of it. Um, you know, that's just amazing. And, you know, like you said, you said something spot on there. You know, we've taken him from where he was to where he is now. And, you know, that's what, that's what you know, that pat you on the back. And, you know, we'll go from that point. But, you know, the one thing I always want from these podcasts is to tell you how it is. You know, you, we can have this really nice screen that says distract do this and we don't leave it lose any staff yeah we lose staff like everyone else we lose staff um 
luckily we're good at recruiting staff you know so you know we're, we, we get a lot of the talent wants to come here so easy to for us to replace um because you know we get a lot of talented people apply anyway but um always sad to, to see someone go but yeah you know I, i'm very aware that you can listen to podcasts read books see videos on youtube vlogs etc where everything's rosy you know you haven't seen people handing notices and you haven't seen this you haven't because you, you, you can't you can't show it I can discuss it afterwards. I can tell you my feelings and thoughts about it. Yeah, of course, it's kicking the teeth. Um, but the reality is that's the way the world spins. And you can't have the good with the bad. You know, you've know, got to have both together. Um, and it's as simple as that. In other more positive news, we just come back from a reason I'm late for this, which means I'm late for the next thing, is because we went to see a client today. He's been with us for about nine months. Um, Give me an extended contract. They're very happy with the service. Um, Getting like a 26 return on ad spend or something stupid, um, which is amazing. Um, and they're really bought into everything we do, you know. Um, when they're spending the figures they're spending, which is a big chunk of money a month, and they have to buy in what we're doing. And you know, we, they, we came in, we showed them what they're doing, and they're like blown away. Um, looking at cutting other advertising channels to put more into what we're doing, which is always amazing. Um, and just, that seems to be happening a lot recently. Like yeah. most conversations are turning out and going right. We're pulling budget from here and bringing it here. Like it's not even just in this agency, like agency wide, like a lot of places are getting like- But a I think, I think the, there's a few things that, I think there's a few worries in this space. I heard today that the people that make the signs for sign writers are struggling, which means sign writers are struggling, which means hardcore printed materials is struggling. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you mean, when you- It's like when a domino sign, effect. Yes, pr the people who make signs for sign writers are struggling. Well, work that backwards either way. And that means people aren't, aren't paying for signs. Yeah, that's that's the reality situation. I think there's a lot of things moving, a lot of things changing, um, and it's our job as marketeers and entrepreneurs to stay at the forefront, make sure we're not going down with that, going down with that as well. So, lots is happening. Obviously, um, economic turmoil across Europe, America, trade wars. Oh, let's to, not get into that now. No, no, but we've got to keep our eye on the prize. You know, we've got we've got to keep our eye on what's happening out there, what's happening to the pound. Are we going to be competitive in abroad? Because this is what we have to face as entrepreneurs. You know, we can't sit here with our you know eyes closed, ears closed, and be like you know rock back on and forward. Everything's good. Everything's great. Gravy. When reality is, there is political uncertainty, which means there's economic uncertainty, which means there's business uncertainty, which means entrepreneurs have to be on their toes. So always be on your toes, folk. That's the reality of that. I won't get into political talking because it will go on for hours. <laughs> it was more thinking. Yeah, you got about two minutes to your next meeting. So if you start talking politics now, it will. Uh... Yeah, I mean, literally twenty minutes today of a, of a meeting, which is about politics. You know what I'm like. I don't get involved. With politics the meeting so i'm just like yeah 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 oh no i'm just sitting, gauging what their opinions yeah, are yeah trying to copy them so it's not too <laughs> bad so my, my views look equal um so yeah that does that and um we're on what 22 minutes here i've got on my screen which i know is it's under the 30 minutes i aim for every single time um one thing i, I want to discuss is how many, how many actually got here one minute 15 seconds here we go so if you haven't listened to Ask Distract, which is our podcast to distract, please do listen to it. I want some feedback. How do you think it's coming across from a from a listener point of view? You know, I do this sort of stuff to follow my key person of influence theory, but I do Ask Distract for my key people of influence theory. This theory of, you know, bringing other people into the realm of, not stardom, but into the realm of the, the cameras and the microphones and getting their name out there. So if you could listen to a few Ask Distract episodes and then hit me up on Instagram with your opinion on those, that'd be amazing, just so I can gauge of, of what your opinion is on those episodes. It's very very much me interviewing a member of the team about a certain topic, and I think they come across quite well, but knowing how you guys think about it would be amazing. So if you can let me know about that, that'd be fantastic. Um, let me know if any of you have gone for Blinkist and if you're really enjoying that. Um, and yeah, sorry for the short episode. Bad planning, me being me, and I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>